Welcome to the Fathom Academy podcast, a podcast designed for the people of Fathom Church to be resourced to go deeper with God. I'm Kyle Knight. I'm the youth and digital minister here at Fathom. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are. Um, today, I've got Pastor Chris here. Yes, you do. Welcome. You're back in that chair. It's now. weird not being in the other chair. There's yeah, three. it's just us. There's only it's- three chairs in here, so... I've been playing I've been playing third string for a while and now I've been bumped up to the guest chair again. Yeah. It's been a while since it's been just me and you. That's right. So yeah. this will be good. This will be good. Um Pastor Chris wanted to talk about uh neighbors and being neighborly, um, being a godly neighbor. What does that look like? All of that kind of stuff, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> so um so let let let's just dive into like what uh what did you want to talk about when it comes to neighbors and be being a being a godly neighbor? Yeah, that's good. So so here's 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 the the premise behind what I want to chat about. Um you know, the everybody knows the scripture you want to, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, go on and Jesus tells the parable of the good Samaritan. Who is my neighbor? Well, anybody, you know, this, this whole kind of shtick, but I think one of the things that uh, has become, it's not in vogue, but it's become a a, a topic of conversation in the last few years is how do I neighbor? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, to turn that into a verb, Verb, like um, what, what is neighboring and what does that look like? And I felt like this was a, a good chance for us to have a conversation about this because uh, despite a may, mega snowstorm coming the next few days, um, the last week or two has been just gorgeous outside. And uh, what I'm noticing, which is what I'm assuming a number of people are noticing as well, is that like people emerge from their cavernous homes when the weather starts, you know, sprucing up. And it's like all of a sudden my neighbors are out washing their car or walking their dog or uh, just out doing things like picking up trash or whatever they're doing. Like they are, they have emerged from their slumber and are ready to kind of re-engage with like, I haven't seen them since, you know, last time I shoveled snow. That's the only time I see my neighbors sometimes during the winter. So I'd love to talk about just, okay, as Christians, is there a point to neighboring? Is there a Mm -hmm. strategy to neighboring? Is there a reason why we uh, neighbor and are there some best practices involved here? Uh, cause I, man, I think this is a, a kind of a big deal. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the premise behind what, what I'd like to chat about. So, yeah. And I think especially too, when you throw in, um, quarantine and all of last year of like not seeing people, it's still kind of, it's almost got that sort of effect now that it's sort of getting warmer and people are starting to emerge. Like, that's right things are opening up. Now you're seeing more of people. And so I think especially you're seeing your, I mean, physical neighbors, wherever you live, you might be seeing them more. So, um, I guess let's, let's start biblically of what it looks like to love your neighbor, what it looks like to be a godly neighbor. What, what does the Bible tell us about being a neighbor or neighbor yeah. using it as a verb yeah. neighboring. Cause we, we, we see it a lot in, in scripture about yeah love your neighbor as yourself or that's right. Yeah. So, th- so I think, I mean, there's lots of different angles you could take uh, this from when it comes to the scriptures, but let's start with this. Um, you are not where you are on accident. So uh, I mean, and there's a number of places 
that we could look at in terms of God's sovereign hand and placing you where you are with the gifts that you have and the people that are around you for a purpose, like that he sets those days apart, that he plans those things out in his divine sovereignty. And so, um, so what that means theologically is that um, where you live, where you work, where you recreate, where you, I mean, very legitimately, the block you're on, the apartment complex you're in, the the people who live to the right or to the left or be front uh, in front or behind you, um, that's not mere happenstance, coincidence, or uh, unintentional. So that that may be the first kind of main theological point that 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 is important when when talking about neighboring is that okay, so you are in a place on purpose, even if you think that place is, uh, you know, sketchy or less than ideal or, um, or it's feels transitionary, like transitory, like you're there for a very short season. Um, none of those things overshadow the fact that God has placed you in a local place with local people around you. Um, and I would then wager a little further and say on purpose, like he has placed Mm -hmm. you there for a purpose to be a part of his mission. So I think we can even just start there. Like, I think that's, that should even at, at first glance kind of blossom into a larger conversation because, um, cause if the people to your right and the people to your left, even if they're big, big weirdos, um, if they're there on purpose and you're there on purpose, then that means that there's some intentionality that you should have. And that God has in that, mm-hmm. does that, does that helps kind of set this up a little bit in terms yes. of like, doctrinally, like theologically, maybe where we stand on this idea. Yes. Yes. And I think, um, I think bringing, and maybe we'll touch on this in a little bit, bringing up the kind of just the transient nature of people coming in and out like that, that that's something to think about too, because I think whether it's you who are always on the move, always moving around, never really in one place at a time, or you have neighbors that are always moving in and out, maybe you're in an apartment or something, renters, like in and out, in and out, that that is still where God wants you. And those are still the people that God wants you next to you during that certain amount of time. And I think it's important to highlight that because some people might be thinking, well, I'm only here for a little bit. Therefore, it's not that big of a deal for me as a Christian to be neighborly just because I'm only here for a little bit. Like what, what am I going to do with that? Like what, like what kind of impact can I make only being here for six months or something? Well, I mean, think about it. Like in the last century and I don't have any of the stats in front of me, so I'll just be making things up as we go. Um, That's (laughs) That's what we do here. Yeah, that's right. That's what most statistics are anyway. (laughs) Just made up on the spot. Yeah. But I think we can safely say in the last hundred years, in the last century, uh, our culture, especially American Western kind of, you know, urban, suburban, and even rural culture has largely become more transient, you know, has largely become more um, like there's just not a lot of people who live in one place, right. in one town with one set of people for their entire life. And you know everything about everybody because you've been in this small town for your whole mm-hmm. life and you just nobody left, you know, nobody's come, nobody's gone. Mm-hmm. It's just we're all kind of here. Mm-hmm. Um, that has changed uh, significantly. But uh, I think that at times we've made that into an excuse as to why we don't know our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can even remember in my, you know, not a long life, my short life thus far, 
when Marcy and I got married, we first got married, we lived in an apartment. We were in the middle apartment of a three-story apartment complex over at Wads and Hampton. And we were like, you know, thinking, I mean, it was just a little tiny, I mean, tiny. You couldn't breathe in there. It was so small, you know? <laughs> it's the kind of place where you have to walk through the master bedroom to get to the one bathroom, which is an awkward yeah. experience if you have any guests over. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, just go to my bed and take a left. That's just weird, right? <laughs> All around. Um, but I can honestly say that my mentality in that, in that apartment was, we're not going to be here for long. Therefore, I'm not going to really do the work to get mm -hmm. to know my neighbors. Mm -hmm. And I met my neighbors, the guy above me, the guy below me. Like we met them, but we never really neighbored as it were. Um, and, and then, you know, we moved into a town home and, and kind of largely the same thing. Now there's times where the nature of your neighbors don't make neighboring very easy, mm -hmm. right? Cause they're transient and they don't really want to be known or get to know you. And so there's some, some circumstances there, but the reality is I think I probably for my first, you know, couple of living situations after getting married was under intentional with my neighbors. Um, and I used transience or time like longevity as an excuse mm -hmm. why I did not even know their names in some instances. Right. Um, but then when I, when we, when my wife and I bought a house in house ranch and then certainly in our new house now, we've tried to ratchet up our intentionality around, uh, around getting to know our neighbors, around loving our neighbors, serving our neighbors to the point where it's like, okay, like, I think we're getting better at neighboring, uh, but it's not easy. I mean, it's work it, mm -hmm. it, and, and, uh, but I would just want to, like, like you said, I would just want to kind of snuff out the excuse of transience as some sort of like get out of jail free yeah. card when it comes to neighboring. Cause I'm not sure that that's the way that the Lord would see the, the, the way that he has laid out the days mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. And I think using that as an excuse, I think there's a lot of excuses when it comes to, um, yeah. not being neighborly. I mean, you, you said one too, of even using that excuse as well, my neighbors aren't that nice. Therefore they're, I, I, at least I don't think so. Therefore they're not willing to be neighborly to me. So I'm just not even, mm. I'm just not even going to go there and, and kind of put that all on them and say, well, I don't have great neighbors in order to, yeah. to do that. Um, what about, uh, what are uh, some, some other ways that we can, we can be neighborly, maybe what scripture tells us, um, what are, what are some things that we can do in our lives now that can help us be better neighbors to, to whoever it is. And, 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 and also maybe expanding that to not necessarily just our neighbors to the right or left of us on our, on our block. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I've preached on this before. I'm, I'm sure I have, I don't know when I can't, place exactly what sermon it was, but, uh, let me just give you some, maybe some hot tips on these. Okay. So, so, so some ways to neighbor a little bit more intentionally. Uh, and the first one, uh, it's just uh, taken right out of the first page of the youth minister's handbook is, uh, know their names, like know, know your neighbor's names. Huge. Right. Like, no. I mean, I know that's <laughs> silly, but, but, uh, but when I was a youth minister, man, that was that was 101, but you want the key to at least the starting of your success as a youth pastor. It's knowing kids' names. Mm -hmm. And I'm just telling you, knowing your neighbor's names 
is a huge deal. Now, I'm I, I am by nature not great with names, though I practice it a lot. You the folks at Fathom might be like, oh, you always remember remembered my name in the hallway. That's because I have tricks and like tips and like I I, I mean I as soon as I meet you, I write your name down, like those sorts of things. But I would just say uh, most people don't lead with an introduction and you've got to get it out of them, right? So mm-hmm. whatever it is, when you're shoveling snow, next time you're, I mean, this weekend when you're shoveling snow, yeah. um, this is, a, and you see your neighbor out there and if you don't know their name, be like, Hey, I'm Chris. I, you know, we're neighbor. I just, I have never really taken the time to meet you. I just want to say, my name's Chris. Like, and if their name is, you know, Ted or whatever, like you just, just know it, remember it, uh, write it down. Like I, I legitimately, when I moved into my new house in my journal, I made a little map of my cul-de-sac and I started and I marked out all the homes and I've got those journals still. I could show it to you. And I've started writing down names. And if I didn't even get last names, sometimes I'll be like, uh, you know, like Ted with, uh, you know, a poodle. It's like, okay, so I can remember that's Poodle Ted. Okay, got we'll, it. Down, we'll you know. photocopy your, your journal after this and we'll like, yeah, so everybody we'll, knows we'll all link it names. below. That's right. that's right. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be a, a, a an address with all of that. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think you start as easy as that, knowing somebody's name. So then every time you see him, it's not just like, hey, man, or hey, buddy. It's like, Ted, what's going on? You know, like, I just think there's something about that. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think that in our ever increasing, like, digital, distracted, disconnected culture. That's the three D's right there all of a sudden. But, um, man, to just actually have an embodied conversation with another human being who knows your name, mm-hmm. that's step. I mean, that's like baby step one, but it's a huge step. Right. Um, so I'd start there. I'd start with a name. Uh, the next thing that I just encourage us as Christians to start doing is to pray for our neighbors. Now, again, this is going to sound uh, very, I don't know, Christian-y, but it's like, when was the last time you intentionally prayed for your neighbors, mm-hmm. prayed God's blessing for them, prayed that the Lord would move in their lives? If you know that they're not believers and praying that the Lord would call to them and woo to them and, and save them. Maybe if they are believers, you know that they are Christians praying that, that, that they would deepen in their faith. But like, when was the last time you prayed for your neighbors? And I, I think, uh, you know, you know, I'm a disciplines guy. So I think you should make this rhythmic and I think you should make this regular. So I say this, I've said it in sermons. I say it all the time. There are 14 homes on my block. So I've got, I live in a cul-de-sac. There are 14 houses, which is perfect because that means that if I pray for one house every single day, every two weeks, I'm praying for, for each neighbor. So I, I've committed to that. Every single morning when I'm doing my normal prayer discipline time, uh, I pray for a house. And so this morning I prayed for my next door neighbors uh, and, and prayed over them, just prayed God's blessing over them, mm-hmm. uh, pr- prayed for, for their marriage, prayed for their daughters, just prayed for them. And then tomorrow I'll go to my next neighbor over and I will just kind of make that loop in my, in, in my mind as I'm praying. Um, but I think praying for our neighbors uh, is a big deal. The other piece of that, side to that is as you get to know your neighbors, you could even say, Hey, can I pray anything for you? Like, can I pray for you for something? Mm -hmm. Like I think, and, and that sounds intimidating. Like that sounds like, but I'm, I'm saying that's like entry level, entry bar level stuff. Like as you get to know your neighbors to just be like, Hey, I know you're out of a job. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be praying for you. And like to actually say it and then really do it. That's a, that's a big deal. I, I have two neighbors on my block 
who both uh, are have been in some job search during this quarantine kind of COVID stuff. One of them still looking for a job. One of them just got a job this week. And both of them, I've told them point blank, I'm praying for you to find a job. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Especially to people who uh, don't share the same beliefs that we do mm-hmm. um, to just say, Hey man, I'm praying for you, for your marriage, for your kid, for your job, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Uh, I think that's a big deal. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say you start with just getting to know them, getting to know their name, just getting to know them a little bit, be, be intentional on that. I think the the prayer thing is, is mm-hmm. another, another piece that I, that I push us on. And then the last part, uh, you should come up with three P's, mm-hmm. but I don't know. What the, I don't know what the first P is. It's a name it's, you know, pray, but then I would say invite. So here's, here's been my experience in pastoral ministry. And then in life, everybody feels under invited. Everybody feels under invited. Um, nobody feels like they have just gotten so many invitations that they that, like everybody here's everybody thinks that their life is boring and everybody else is just having the best time ever. And so every, everybody goes home and scrolls Instagram or Facebook and sees that everybody else is doing stuff and they feel like they're not being invited to those things. It don't matter if you're extroverted or introverted or popular or unpopular or what, like everybody feels this. Um, your neighbors feel this too. So I would just encourage, I would encourage um, you to invite your neighbors to do something. Now you can do that in a real kind of easy, like in our state, a real easy, safe way to do that is to just say, Hey, uh, and obviously outside of COVID. So once COVID is over, okay. So which we are progressing in that direction, but uh, so we didn't do this last summer, but two summers ago, we did this where we just said, Hey, we're going to host a neighborhood barbecue in our front yard. And so uh, we provided the meat. We asked everybody in our neighborhood to bring a side or a drink to share. Uh, I, I literally borrowed the church's pop-up and a couple of tables, which you just let me know. You can borrow our mm-hmm. tables if you want, you know, I just got to get them back. Okay. But, but we did all of that. And all we just said, we, we, I, like I made a little flyer on my computer, printed up 14 copies and I took them to every single house around my block and just said, Hey, we're going to do a block party, you know, July, whatever, seventh or something, come on over to our house, uh, bring a side to share. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And you could do a block party, a barbecue, something like that. You could do that. Or as you get to know people kind of one-on-one, you can do dinner with, you know, just one family or one house or whatever it might be. Now, I mean, of my 14 neighbors, I probably got, you know, four five, six houses that I really am getting to know better. And then some houses where I literally don't know almost anything about them. Um, but there's some intentionality there and, and everybody is waiting for the invite. If you're waiting for them to invite you, you're never going to get it. You need to be the initiator of the invite. Uh, and, and if, if you don't feel like you want to do the one-on-one or the two on two or whatever, then just do a little block party. You don't have to be the crazy host. You just have to have like a yard or like a, you know, a a driveway to meet on. Mm -hmm. So I just say, I, I think those are some easy things to do for neighboring. Uh, there's undoubtedly more. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've shared similar things in the past, but, um, but man, I, I just feel like, I feel like that the, there's some, some, and, and I'd like to talk about this next, but like, I think that there's some, some real chances for us to be light and salt to our neighbors as we do these things. This is step one. This is everybody mm-hmm. can do this, whether you're well, the prayer part, you need to be a Christian, but like <laughs> you can know your neighbor's names and be a good, fun, you know, uh, engaging, inviting neighbor. 
even if you're not a Christian. Right. So. Well, and I think I think we were both headed in the same direction because I was going to ask, um, what about those people who, you know, when you when you're reading scripture and you hear, love your neighbor, like all, all these things about your neighbor, and t- hearing us talk about being neighborly. I think some people as a Christian think, okay, that means I need to go evangelize to them. I need to like that. That means every time I see my neighbor, I have to tell them about Jesus. Right. Mm. Like that's, do I, do I really have to like, that's, if that's loving your neighbor and I'm a Christian, I have to tell them about God. Right. And I think some people that just turns them off right away. And it's like, well, I don't want to be that person. That's Hey neighbor. Nice to meet you. Let me tell you about Jesus. That's right. Um, so, so how do we, how do we navigate that? Because, you know, we don't want to say, no, don't do that. Like, because that's what we are, that's what we are called to do. But how do we take, like, those are very practical ways of kind of taking that next step to get to there. But what about those people who are like, I, I think what you mean by, you know, loving your neighbors means evangelism. And I'm just not, I, I, that's weird. That's a weird, and I don't want to be that weird neighbor. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let me give some coaching points on this too, because I think this is, again, I'll speak mostly from my experience. Um, not as a pastor, well, in some ways as a pastor, but as a neighbor first. Okay. Um, so first I, like, I think that it's important for your neighbors to know that you're a Christian. I just think that's important. Yeah. Now there's a lot of ways for that to happen. And there are some that are better and some that aren't probably as good, but you know, the, the showing up on their front porch with a, your Bible, the first time you've ever met them, it's probably the less favorable way. I mean, I'm not, again, maybe, I mean, maybe I don't ever want to like downplace, but, but, but maybe there's better ways. Um, you know, for me, it's easy because they're always like, Hey, what do you do? And I'm like, Oh, I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh gosh, mm-hmm. he's probably a Christian. I mean, that kind of goes with the package, right? Like, yeah. uh, but, but, you know, in normal, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Well, I was at church on Sunday. Okay. So that's, that's a telling moment right there. Right. I mean, I I know it sounds silly, but like the fact that I pull up to my driveway with a fathom sticker on the back of my car says fathom church on my car. Like they're going to immediately know, okay, this guy is a Christian, or at least he puts a sticker on his car that says he is. So, so all of these things, like, I think it's really important, uh, as your neighbor gets to know you, that they know that you're a Christian. Okay. Now that does not necessarily need to mean that you're obnoxious. It doesn't necessarily need to mean that like you're, you're not kind of fun or, or, you know, like the wet blanket of the neighborhood. Like, I hope that that's not what my neighbors think of me uh, as I've been, as I've been engaging with them, but very easily and very quickly, they found out that I was a Christian. So Whatever that is, you you have some ability, some flexibility. That's the first step of your witness. Is like I am a Christian. I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not afraid for you to know that. In fact, I think it's to my benefit, to your benefit, that I am a Christian and that I'm actually a nice person and like mm-hmm. not a big weirdo creep. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's an important piece. So they should know that you're a Christian. The second thing, and I've already mentioned this, is to to just say, hey, when you find out things about them to say, I'll be praying for you on that. Or to even, as you get more comfortable with your neighbors to say, is there anything that I can pray for you? Like I, I, I'm a Christian. Like I pray, like, even if we don't share that same belief, I've never, I've never met somebody who just was like offended and turned me down when I said, Hey, can I pray for you? Like, I've just never, like never, 
I mean, not once have I ever had that happen. Um, and so to just be like, Hey, I'll just be praying for you. Most people are, are genuinely appreciative, even if they don't believe the same things that we believe. So that's a great thing that you can do. Um, and then the third thing, I, and I just throw this out there. Like, I think that you should be willing to have spiritual conversations with your neighbors. I don't think that you need to worry about how high that bar is in terms of theology. Like if, if somebody is like, oh, well, tell me about what you believe. You can just be like, well, I'm pretty new at this still. Or you can just say, well, I, you know, I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. Um, and if they have questions about that, that you don't have answers to, it's completely okay to be like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'd, but I'd love to f- maybe investigate that with you or I'll, you know, I'd love to talk with, you know, my small group, my D group leader, my, uh, my pastor about these things. And like, if people do have those conversation points, they want to have that, that, that sort they want to dig deeper into faith and what you actually believe. I think you go for that, but don't feel like you got to do that solo. Like, it's not like you got to have every answer ready here and there. And just like, let's go. You don't have to be a walking systematic theology textbook. Uh, but you can be a good witness and be genuinely like, yeah, I don't even know what, what I believe on that. Like somebody brings up a really, t- oh, well, what about dinosaurs? Where did they come? Like, how do they fit up? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know, man. Maybe we could look into that together. You know, like that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's actually much better than you just trying to make something up. Uh, so, so be genuine, uh, be willing to have those conversations. But then the other side is this, man. I think you can invite. You can invite your neighbors to come to church. Like that's what the church is for. It is a place for you to go deeper, but it's also a place for people to meet Jesus for the first time. And I, I mean, I just got countless stories of people who I was this person's friend. I was this person's neighbor. I'm this person's coworker. I mean, most people who walk in our doors who are new, it's not that they, you know, that they're finding us on like, we're not like advertising, you know, there's not like a big marquee at Southwest Plaza, it's Fathom Church, you know, it's like <laughs> people, oh, I, 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 sometimes people are like, oh, I saw the sign, but most of the time it's, yeah, I'm friends with this person or that person told me about this. And that invitation piece mm-hmm. is how, it's how the gospel spreads. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the most, like, I, I, so, I, so I'll just tell a little of my family's story. So my wife's parents who are members of our church, um, they are really following actively after Jesus for the last 30 years because a neighbor invited them to go to church with them. I mean, just, and just a, a, a legitimate neighbor said, Hey, I'd, I'd love for you to join me at church. And it was, a, there's a lot more to that story, but, but a, a family that was kind of on a trajectory of dysfunction found some correction because a neighbor lovingly invited, invested in them and invited them to uh, a, a Bible preaching gospel centered church. And my wife is a byproduct of the, the grace that comes from that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's, it sounds silly, but like invite your friends, invite your neighbors to go to church with you. And then listen, if you don't like your church, if you're a part of fathom, you don't like your church, it might be time to find another church where you feel comfortable inviting your friends to yeah. like you should, your church should be a, a help to you in your evangelism, not a hindrance, mm-hmm. not a, well, I, I would never want to invite my friends because this place is weird and awkward. Like it might be a little weird and awkward, but you know, yeah. you should like your church enough to, to, to kind of mm-hmm. do that. So I, 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 the way I've said it in the past is that we're like home Depot. The church is like home Depot. You can do it. We can help. Like <laughs> you're really doing the work. Like you're meeting your neighbor. We you're can't with steal them. that slogan. Can we? Yeah. I think it's eh, trademarked probably. or something, but whatever. 
but you're the one who's doing it. You're doing the work. You're meeting the people. You're building the relationships, and and you get them here. We'll we can help. Like we'll be a part of that. You can do it. We can help. So I think those are some. Mm-hmm. I hope those are some practical, like helpful things when it comes to not only just loving and knowing your neighbor, but then beginning to even start to share the hope that we have in Christ with them. Mm-hmm. Um, what if what if we're bad neighbors? What yeah, if, stop it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. And there it is. Um aren't what, you paid to be a good neighbor? Yeah. <laughs> what like what are what are maybe some things that as Christians we might think we're being good neighbors at but we're just like we're just missing the mark and we're and 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 we're 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 trying but that but it's just not it's just not what we're called to do. Okay, expound on that. I don't know. <laughs> you just making things up right I'm just, now. I'm just making things up right now. Um, so, so like, what do you mean by like bad neighbors? Yeah. Like, like what if we're, what if we're not being Christian neighbors? Like what, what if, and, and maybe we don't think we are, or maybe we actively are okay. doing that. So here I'll throw a few things. Like you're probably not being a good neighbor. If there's nothing distinguishing you from all of your other neighbors. Right. So, mm-hmm. so if you've been around your neighbors a little bit and and by a little bit, I don't know how much that is, but I'll let leave the quantity out there, but, and they have no idea that you love uh, Jesus or a Christian at all, or go to church at all, or pray at all. Um, that might be that you're not being a good neighbor on the other side. If, if, uh, and, 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 that might just be because you're ashamed of it or you're nervous about it or you're afraid of it or you feel like it just hasn't naturally come up, although I think that's hard to argue uh, with. The other side is you might be so nervous um, about not being accepted by your neighbors mm-hmm. uh, that you are kind of intentionally kind of sh- shading that a little bit. Uh, and so you might even be sinning alongside your neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hanging out partying a little bit too much with them. Like Jesus was, Jesus was very much into spending time with sinners. And yet he never really let that, uh, never let that tarnish him, his morals and his ethics. So there might be that, and that would probably be a bad neighbor. I mean, I would just say like the real temptation is to just be, um, to just be apathetic. Yeah. I don't really know my neighbors. I should really do that. And then just never get around to it. Like it takes intention. It takes work. It's really easier if you have young kids. I mean, it's easier to be a a neighbor when you have young kids because uh, you have a natural kind of icebreaker, which is my kids are running out front. Your kids are running out front. Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's easier when you, but, but that's still not an excuse not to Mm -hmm. like, you can walk, walk your neighborhood. You, I mean, really the, if you're being a bad neighbor, it means you're just not being a neighbor, Mm -hmm. right? You've kind of got like your house is your residence and it's where you sleep and it's where you hang out. But it, outside of those four walls, you're never engaging with people. You're not being a neighbor. You're just, you're, you're a resident. You're not a neighbor at that point. Um, and man, I, my, my hope would be that as Christians, we should be those who are 
like we should be the center of our neighborhoods. Like we should be the place, not, not, it doesn't mean you are the most energetic, exuberant, outgoing, extroverted person, but it should be the place where like you should be a center of relationships. You should know people like they should, they should know you. You, you should have those conversations. I just think the force for the gospel that would come from that far exceeds, you know, social media and, right. and advertising like, like, oh gosh, all these sermon podcasts that we're doing, all the work that you and I put into things, Kyle, those things are great and fine. Mm-hmm. But if, if our, if, if the 250 people who call fathom home would just love and know and serve their neighbors, what a movement for the gospel that would be. That would far mm. exceed any 40-minute yelling fest that I throw in there with some frozen jokes. Like, that's just, it wouldn't even compare. Yes, I agree. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, I feel good. Um, with that, do you have anything else to add before we wrap this up? Yeah, let me just share this one resource. Yeah. Uh, so I there's this book called uh, The Gospel Comes with a House Key by a, a woman named Rosaria Butterfield, uh, which is, it, it the the tag is, practicing radically ordinary hospitality in our post-Christian world. Mm. Uh, and I found this to be a real helpful resource. Uh, it's a really helpful book. Just talking about this stuff a little, if, you, if you're interested in kind of digging deeper into uh, how to be hospitable, how to really neighbor well, uh, this might be a good resource for you to check out. So yeah, I think we can put that in the show we'll put notes. Put that in the show notes. We'll link to it. Um, so check that out. If you're wondering more about this, how you can be a, a, a better godly neighbor, um, so yeah, thank you for listening. I, I think this is a, just a good encouragement. Um, as, as Chris said at the very beginning of this, as you know, th- weather is getting nicer. You're starting to see more people. Lockdowns and quarantines are, are lifted. Everything like that are, are starting to, um, as you see more people, like this is our opportunity church to, to just love people and just to, to show them, show them Christ's love and, um, I, I think you made a good point at the beginning beginning of this, as much as we talked about our neighbors being right next door to us, that um, wherever you're at, God has you there for a reason, whether it's your work or where you're living or where you go to the gym or what, whatever like that. He has you there for a reason and those people around you for a reason. And so we're just and we're in- less we're less than one month away from one of the easiest invites that you get in the calendar year too. Yes. So, I mean, to invite a neighbor to Easter is, is that's low hanging fruit. Yep. I had some, I invited some of my neighbors to our Christmas Eve service. They came to our Christmas Eve service. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, this is, this is the opportunity that we have. It works. It works. Uh, Sometimes really it works inviting, <laughs> inviting your neighbors to church. It's crazy. I yes. mean, it sounds crazy, but it's, it's the real deal. So, yes. So, um, that's that's a little plug. Um, we've got Easter services and a Good Friday service. You can check all those out on fathomchurch.org. Register for those. Um, but thank you for listening, church. Uh, we love you, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Mm-hmm.